Hello everyone, this is Yulei Strate. Today I'm hosting Yuri Hong. Yuri has an engineering background and a deep interest in AI and blockchain. She is the founder of both Ampliv and She Blockchainers Asia. Ampliv is a blockchain education platform, while She Blockchainers is a collaborative and collective community that empowers women in the blockchain industry. Join us as we discuss blockchain technology, the growth of the industry, the types of jobs, and the skills required to access these jobs. We of course also touch on blockchain and human resources. If you do find these types of conversations useful, you can support the podcast by subscribing to it. To access the video podcast and subscribe for free to my YouTube channel, go to youtube.com, type in Skills for Mars, and hit the subscribe button. Alternatively, you can go to my website, yuleistrata.com forward slash Skills for Mars, and click the YouTube Confirm Your Subscription button. And now I give you Yuri Hong. Hello, Yuri. Welcome to the Skills for Mars podcast. Hello. Nice meeting you. Thank you for having me. Nice to meet you as well. Yeah. And um, just for everyone to know, we are hosting this in beautiful, warm Singapore, not anymore in uh, cold, dark Amsterdam. Beautiful as well, but nowadays it's it's winter. As you can see in the clothes. Ex- exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is really, really cool here to be in, the, in this warm, nice weather. Uh, Yuri, thanks for accepting to do this. And um, just again to let everyone know, Yuri is uh, the founder of Ampliv and also the founder of She Blockchainers Asia. And you are, right now you are a chief education officer for Ampliv, right? And you are still uh, the advisor for She Blockchainers, I imagine. But would you be okay to just introduce yourself, how you managed to get into blockchain because you didn't initially start in blockchain and what you are doing right now? so everyone would know who you are? Sure, I will start from uh, what I do now, mm-hmm. it's easier. So yeah, um, Ampliv, Ampliv is uh, actually my education arm that uh, initially I studied as a consulting company, consulting for the market access to Asia, and cons- and then they moved to more blockchain technology and product, product consulting. Mm-hmm. Then um, in 2019, I... Uh, I made a shifted the focus to education, so I started this online education program for blockchain. Mainly, uh, the content is more targeted to uh, executives and the uh, enterprises, and uh, potentially some retail investors who might want to be involved in the blockchain investment as well. Um, so. Yeah, that online platform is now live. And then I'm finalizing to cover these 50 different industry use cases. Okay. Having, yeah, applying the blockchain technology. Mm-hmm. Because the reason that I, why I'm doing this is because a lot of people are asking me, they hear about blockchain and they know, okay, traceability, transparency, and then like trustless platform that uh, they can bring value to the businesses, but they haven't seen the actual uses like how they can actually use the blockchain. So yeah, there are actually the how they are using the, the role of the blockchain remains the same, but I wanted to show uh, to, the, to the world, um, there are actually many different um, uh, varieties that companies and businesses can actually use the blockchain to bring value. So that's one thing that I'm doing now. We will be finalized by the uh, before the end of the January. Okay. 
And on the other hand, I also have my passion project, <laughs> as I really care about the female empowerment. Mm -hmm. So 2017, when I started to actively, like, professionally jumping into the blockchain industry, I initially attended a lot of seminars, like almost like uh, bi-daily. So, but at some point, I just realized that there is not so many females in the seminar room. Sometimes I was like only one person out of 100 people in the room. Mm -hmm. So I was some, I felt that uh, maybe I can find some female friends who can talk about the blockchain together. Uh, yeah, but then I, I couldn't find any groups and so on. So I thought, okay, maybe then I can start. That's a <laughs> so good idea. Initially, yeah, the reason I started was actually very simple. Mm -hmm. Then, yeah, then people uh, gave me good feedbacks and then uh, I could actually talk to more people. I could know more females who's interested in blockchain. So, yeah, so that's how she blockchainers has started and uh, and. And uh, this year, we are starting the uh, mentorship program. Mm -hmm. So um, we wanted to connect the mentors and then qualified mentees who is interested in building something using blockchain, but not only focusing on in the blockchain, but we wanted to connect this blockchain with other industries like blockchain and AI, blockchain and fintech, blockchain and cybersecurity. So we are finalizing the theme, but we already have announced the program is going to launch in this year. Okay. And is yeah. it just for Asia or is it a global program? The location will be Singapore. Okay. Because um, we believe that still, you know, in-person interaction is most important. Mm -hmm. And uh, we want everyone who's participating to make it happen. And we are we are focusing on um, um, setting up the measurable outcome mm -hmm. out of the entire program. So, I mean, we will soon we will start the applications uh, uh, to submissions, but mm -hmm. the actual program it will be run from June to July until the December end of the 2020. And by the time we wanted to show that, hmm, yeah, there is very various ways that you can evaluate, mm -hmm. but uh, we will we will say something that we can actually measure the actual tangible outcome out of the whole mentorship program. Okay. Yeah. So she blockchainers is not only a networking environment community, but more mentoring and education as well. Um, so or it has it so far. It mm -hmm. is a networking platform. Okay. And then from starting from the 2020, we are adding up. Okay. And we are adding the mentorship program. How big is it right now? Mm, so our Facebook private group is about 1,000. Okay. And Meetup is uh, about like seven to 800. And we have our uh, like mailing date mailing list from our event attendees mm -hmm. so it's also another like eight to nine hundred so okay and these are all up. women or it's a mix it's a mix it's a mix yeah so our focus is so so far when i was pushing for networking and uh, education um, i invited a female speaker but the doors are open to everyone mm -hmm. That's how I wanted to pursue this, you know, female empowerment by having female speakers. It inspires more females to come and join our event. So, so far, um, we had about 40% females attendees. Mm -hmm. um, and even if the topic was like blockchain, sometimes it's te technical. Um, and for the mentorship program, also the mentors and the volunteers, and we are open to everyone, but we will, we will have uh, female mentees. So that's our angle. 
Very nice. And are you looking for certain education? Should they be programmers uh, to be mentees or can they be, come from any type of background and then they can get mentored and learn and develop into blockchain? So this program I'm running with the uh, 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 with the lady mm-hmm. who recently joined to She Blockchainers. So she's a, she's a data scientist student in NTU in Singapore. So... Um, we both agree that not only technical part is important, but also business aspect is mm-hmm. also very important. So we will actually have a team, one person technical, one person okay. business side. Same for the mentors. So yeah, we will try like maybe one team has two mentors. One person is very mm-hmm. technical. One person has business business experiences. Same for the mentees that maybe two or three mentees to get come together with one or two people technical and one or two people the business aspect. Yeah. That sounds really, really, really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you will good, be. <laughs> good, good luck with it. Yeah, thank <laughs> you so much. And then maybe at some point you can extend it to uh, Europe and even the, the US. To uh, I mean, I, I think there's a need of not only women, but more people working in this kind of technologies. Yeah, yeah. So we are just studying. So, no. um, um, yeah, so we will learn. And then after that, we will set up the new objective for the, for the following years on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm new to, I just arrived yesterday in Singapore and I visited Asia last year for the first time in my life. So I know very, very little about the culture and about what the future of work means in Asia. You've been here and you're working in this future-oriented industries and your passion lies there. So how do you see the future of work in Asia? Like an overview, do you, how, how, what do you feel about it? Mm, future of work in Asia. Mm-hmm. I mm, I'm actually also um, I recently started to study the AI as well. Okay. So I think I'm advocate of AI as well. Um, since we are talking about blockchain, if I combine blockchain and AI together, um, as I understand how the AI technology works, I have become more stronger advocate of blockchain as well. Mm-hmm. Mm, so AI system, in order for the AI to you know make uh, to work function very, very well, you need a very clean and qualified initial data set. Mm-hmm. And if you can have the you know the um, already uh, standardized uh, data set available, which can which blockchain can actually support clearly, then you don't have to do additional like multiple works to classify and qualify the data to in order to run the AI. So um, I was just talking with a lady today um, in a big farm that, um, yeah, we agreed that, you know, like AI companies now, they can start uh, building the blockchain database. Mm -hmm. And then, but then in one to two years time, um, it will, blockchain, will have some sort of uh, initial data set can, can uh, they be can a use. source to train the AI technologies mm-hmm. like a little bit. So I think uh, blockchain combination with in, in combination with AI system, this kind of businesses area will have a lot of uh, big opportunities in the near future. Mm-hmm. Having said that, um, yeah, like coming back to the skill set, I think even if you are the uh, Business savvy, even if you're more interested in business, I think I believe that a sort of technology uh, related knowledge will be the more will be the core uh, needs in the in the near future in any kind of industries. I believe. 
I, I think so as well, even though recently I read a research paper, uh, so not an article, but a research paper, and it was written by someone in China, I can't remember the name, but I, I, I can send you the, the article, who actually proposed that going into STEM, so all the technical um, um, education, it would no longer be needed, and uh, actually that it, it is too much, and going towards arts and doing something different and more towards the human part, that would be the future, which I tend to think like you. So it feels like everyone is getting, everything is getting more technical rather than non-technical. Uh, thinking of genetics, right? It's getting, you need to understand the uh, climate engineering, uh, bioengineering, going to Mars, uh, working with AI, working in blockchain. I mean, th th it all seems so very technical. It so one thing that everyone, mm -hmm. uh, uh, whose misunderstanding is working in the technology field, you have to be very technical. You mm -hmm. have to be very, you know, tech savvy. It's not like that, actually. Um, I, I was an engineer, but not anymore. Um, but then since I'm learning AI, I can understand how this AI concept works. Mm -hmm. But it's not necessarily that I have to program to understand AI, right? And, uh, and same for the blockchain. It's a... Mm -hmm. uh, very uh, low level of layer zero database. So it's just basically, it's uh, storing all the data we are producing on a daily basis. And then out of that, the businesses will do different, uh, set up different models to run their businesses. But in order to understand how, what is blockchain, it actually, it, it is a database. <laughs> nothing very fancy, nothing very mm -hmm. special. It has been there like for, for a long time. Uh, so recently it got hype because of the ICO, because of the Bitcoin, mm -hmm. but it's nothing actually very new. AI is also nothing very new. The research has started from 1970s or 60s. So yeah, so these technologies are not very, um, like something very difficult to understand. Yeah, so you just need to know, um, I think, but with a little bit of interest, you understand a little bit of how this thing works. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of opportunities in your know, career-wise and professionally, I believe. This is what I wanted to ask. So how big is the industry? I was, and I, why I'm asking is that I listened two days ago to a podcast on uh, crypto. I think it's called Crypto 101. And uh, they had a guest uh, who said that pretty much you need to be a programmer to work in blockchain. And I said, I, that, it doesn't feel right. I, I don't believe there are only jobs for programmers. So how big is the industry? You are, you are the expert. I'm, I'm not. So how, how big is it? What are the jobs are there? If you're not a programmer, what can you do in blockchain? Um, <clears throat> I believe the person who said so probably is a programmer. Most <laughs> probably. <why>. <laughs> I have been, since I've been working on the blockchain, I have been advocating blockchain programming to my engineer friends um, because just by having the title as a blockchain engineer, you could actually uh, like increase your salary level. It can be two times, sometimes it can be four times. Okay. Like crazy. Yeah. So I told my friends, try to tell them, you should get onto blockchain now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... If they are engineer, of mm -hmm. course, if they add on blockchain set, that's really good. And actually, it's blockchain programming is not very, very technical. It's more about how you design the architecture. 
So programming language-wise, yeah, if you're doing Ethereum, then you need to learn Solidity, but mm -hmm. it's not very complicated. It's about the thoughts behind the program. So uh, it's more mathematical, it's more logical okay. thinking. Uh, but aside from the blockchain, the develop, development areas, there's a lot of, you know, like blockchain is not only the Bitcoin, but also there's digital assets aspect, which mm -hmm. is very linked to the finance industry. A lot of like securities that companies, they're actually trying to onboard these digital assets, mm -hmm. which can be, can be Bitcoin, can be some sort of other cryptocurrencies or derivatives coming out of the crypto coin, cryptocurrencies. Um, so that's one aspect that a lot of people who has finance, finance skill sets, they can also be mm -hmm. involved with the digital, digital, um, digital assets industry. Um, and uh, blockchain startups has a lot of, uh, you know, startups has to grow. In order to grow, you need the marketeers, you need the business need developers, the business, yeah, commerce you need people, people who's actually setting up. Um, <clears throat> and product designers and mm -hmm. these people. And the UI aspect will become also very uh, important for all the blockchain-related products. So, yeah, then UI is actually not only the blockchain, UI is not different. Like mm -hmm. UI is the same for your user experience, yes, right? That's that's front-end, yeah. Mm. <coughs> and also blockchain is now uh, getting into enterprises. Mm -hmm. So all the uh, large telecommunications companies in Korea they already set up the blockchain unit. Okay. So it's a it's they set up individual department only taking care of the blockchain. Um, so there's uh, but these are not decentralized blockchain. So these are private blockchain for enterprise designed for enterprises. So how do those work? Sorry to interrupt you. What what is a private blockchain for an enterprise? Because I know about the like the usual ones, but. So um, public blockchains like uh, Ethereum or mm -hmm. um, Bitcoin. <clears throat> yeah, so these public blockchains, for them, the developers community plays a big role because how many developers actually mm -hmm. participating in order to upgrade, in order to improve the, the, improve the existing systems. Uh, but private blockchains are actually managed by, you know, certain group of programmers mm -hmm. owned by the company mm -hmm. and then their focus is more for uh, securing the privacy of the data because okay. when you use the database at the enterprise level uh, the data management is the, the is the very critical business uh, business mm -hmm. assets right so these private blockchains are not fully open and they store the data in a in a securely in some areas separately and then um but they allow the businesses like participating to this blockchain system to open their database but mm -hmm. they allow them to choose which level of data are uh, available to which particular group of people yeah but the public Very blockchains are different you can put additional layer on mm -hmm. top of the public blockchain to enable the privacy uh, for to serve the enterprise's mm -hmm. needs, but uh, by design, <coughs> it is supposed to be open to public, so it can be a little more vulnerable compared mm -hmm. to the, those blockchains designed as uh, to secure the privacy from the beginning. Yeah, very interesting. I didn't know about the the, the private blockchains. So uh, you were talking about fifty different industries. Uh, 
Yeah, five zero. <laughs> five zero, right? Yes. <coughs> Not one five, five zero. So I know a few of them, like fintech is one of them, right? Legal. What what are the others? What are the major ten industries that <coughs> so one thing very it was very interesting as well because I was also some of the industries cases are like from my own knowledge but also mm -hmm. I also did a lot of research um, it was being used by a military industry okay to um, so they linked with the 3D printing for uh, for you know, sometimes the, some little part of the, uh, what is that called? The military, the um, machines. Machine, yeah. Sometimes a, a little part of the machines are broken. Yeah. And those are not, uh, not those are not being produced in from the mass production anymore. So how they do, how they manage that is they use a 3D printing mm -hmm. to to just create this small part that was uh, that's needed for them. For this machine, okay. Uh, but then, because it's a military use, who's going to design and who's going to manufacture this small part is very critical, because they can make huge difference and they can be very risky yes. for for the army as well. So they attach this three uh, D printed uh, part database into the blockchain, and then they made it secure. Very interesting. Yeah, that was very interesting for me as well. <laughs> and it's very brilliant use of blockchain as well. Okay. And uh, I think I've seen another use for um, logistical purposes for supply chain. Yeah. So supply chain is... Uh, supply chain is mm -hmm. actually... It's, it, it's being used in any kind of industries, right? So... Um, when you when it when you think about the uh, cargo industry, mm -hmm. so there are like ten multiple steps that you need to move the product from the. It can be from the farm to the table. It can be from the uh, factory to like to the keys so, if mm -hmm. you are producing the toy. So um, you can trace by using blockchain's database, and instead of having each steps of the participant. To be able to need needing to double check the data mm -hmm. and where this origin of the product come from, instead of doing so, they can just uh, just check and then open the blockchain data and they can see it and then they can move on. This would make life so easy for a lot of companies and a lot of people and streamline work very very nicely. I've worked in big companies, manufacturing companies as HR, and then you get all of these people who actually are responsible to track every single product and to, to market in a database or, yeah. And yeah, some companies mm -hmm. done very, uh, in managing the vendors, very smart mm -hmm. way, leveraging on the blockchain's advantages. Mm -hmm. So there was this company um, tracing the tuna. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, from the time that they fished the tuna, they put the tags on it. But when it come to the table, you can't keep the tag on the table, right? So how they measure was the at the end point and end data mm -hmm. point, they just measure the entire amount of tuna. Okay. And if the entire the the um um the kilogram of the tuna is over it's higher than the actual original tuna's amount, then that's a wrong data. Okay. So something has gone wrong so that they need to trace back and they need to find a way which 
which step of the uh, supply chain of the tuna has been has gone uh, wrong. Wrong. Mm -hmm. But if it's like slightly similar or slightly lesser, but then that's the right data. So. And can you change the data in the blockchain? Uh, Correct uh, it. You cannot manip. You cannot uh, edit the mm -hmm. edit the data, but you can add the data. Uh, after some point, okay. but you can see when and which point and who it has edited wrong. the data. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Have you heard of any use cases in HR, in human resources? You know my background is human resources. Do you know of any use cases? <laughs> um, there is. Okay. So uh, human resources, um, I think to just, uh, I'm not a HR expert, mm -hmm. but having for me, me has had uh, hired some people. I think two aspects are very important. One is uh, identity, mm -hmm. and the second is the verification of their qualifications. Mm -hmm. So identity-wise, um, mm, yeah. So whether this person's uh, uh, person's mm, sorry, maybe I will just rephrase mm -hmm. it. I <laughs> ID and verifications are actually the same thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, in the in terms of the human resources aspect, I think verification of the qualifications are very important. And then uh, I heard that this a lot of people are actually they create the fake qualification for their university and also their previous works. So, um, yeah, they can put this uh, uh, the qualifications certificates mm -hmm. on the blockchain, and then you can actually trace back. Um, so instead of having the HR managers to core individual educations, yeah. organizations or having like X companies to verify them, uh, yeah, they can just check on the blockchain. Mm -hmm. But I believe that there's so far there's no platform providing the fully black blockchainized uh, system like this. Okay. But there are some companies that I know that they are actually trying to work on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For this, I heard uh, this I heard as well. Um, I'm uh, asking you as an expert, do you think it's also possible to create blockchains for other personal data? And I just mentioned to you outside when, when, uh, when we just uh, met 30 minutes ago um, about data that belongs to their employment or their development, right? And this is more assessments. So a lot of companies assess people on various skills uh, and and they look at uh, just competencies they look at behaviors they look at personality they look at IQ and where I think it's data is going wrong is that it doesn't belong to the person anymore right so if you are the company and you test me you own the data but right now that data personality data can be used for marketing can be used for elections like it was used in, in the US and in other parts as well it's not the only case uh, it's, a, it's like DNA and some of it, some of it will change like skills, behaviors and that, 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 that might change and, and, and develop in the future. But IQ, maybe very little personality. It's said to be very, very little change right throughout the lifetime, unless there are really, really big changes. So as an HR person and as a recruiter, I always felt that we are doing something wrong with it. Uh, right, you, you apply, we give you these assessments, we make decisions. Usually we never come back to you to let you know, hey, what have you done? Or you receive a very, very short and brief information and you have no idea what's behind the decision of employing you or not. And 
most of the times, in, if assessments like this are involved, the decision is very easily made based on them rather than interviews or anything else. Because for hiring managers and as HR and HR, it's the easiest data point to, to make a decision on. And then, so that's, that's one. So you're using my data without my knowledge. Second of all, I don't own it. And then if I go to different companies and apply to different companies, then I have to retake similar assessments, maybe not the same, but similar assessments. Uh, or in some companies, I have to take assessments that are not actually valid, uh, that are not researched, and then they're just thinking that, hey, this would work, but it's not, it's not correct. So I'm thinking, hey, could blockchain be of use here? So maybe I take the assessments as an individual. I get the, let's call them certifications or, or, or the data uh, in blockchain, and then I give it to whoever I want. They make it available just to, to the people that I want or the companies that I want. Is that possible? <clears throat> you said that you, uh, you, you can't really validate the data. So uh, how, how is the current HR management processes so, for that validating the data? Uh, what I meant with the validation is that some of the assessments that they use, some of the tests that they use are not validated, uh, like researched, like really researched and they, they don't have norms. You don't know what's good or bad and you don't know if they're actually measuring what they're supposed to be measuring. There are certain assessments that are extremely good and validated throughout the time and you are, you can be sure that they measure what they're supposed to be measuring, but some companies don't use them. They go for maybe the cheaper version. But if I were the candidate, right, and I would have uh, the possibility to take the assessments that are valid, keep them for myself, like my own data, and uh, if you want to hire me, then I, I say, yeah, okay, Ampliv is a good company, so yeah, here you have the data, this is, this is me, then I only share it with you, and it, but the data doesn't belong to you, it still belongs to me, and I own it, and I know what's in there. So I so, think, yeah. yeah. So it, I think they could be validated because you have certain assessments that are that are valid, validated by researchers, and you can know for sure that hey, that's a good assessment of that person, or it's a it's a valid assessment. It measures what it measures what it is supposed to be measuring. Um, <clears throat> actually, I hear uh, two two different topics. Mm -hmm. One is the uh, HR management processes aspect that yep. how you measure this the the process of evaluating a person is actually uh, good or not even if it's backed by a lot of researches True. still there's a lot of you know the psychology aspect mm -hmm. a lot of also people change every year even me thinking about myself like 10 years ago and now totally different so I yeah. can't say that my personality test I've done 10 years ago it is valid right now right so that's one thing second part is like data ownership aspect mm -hmm. so how do you own your data that was assessed at some mm -hmm. certain point but then when the the future for the future career future jobs when then the HR manager wanted ask me to show present my previous record of work record or any kind of certificate or qualifications or um, some of my previous managers like feedbacks uh, then if I store that in the blockchain how mm -hmm. am I going to validate and then show them that yeah. this is correct data or not so um I will talk about the data ownership part mm -hmm. first. So, um, so it's the same thing. So, um, if a company, let's say, 
um, there are some online platforms. Can be a LinkedIn, can be mm-hmm. some like HR specific uh, website that that uh, more for uh, showcasing the job application, mm-hmm. job uh, descriptions and opportunities. Um, yeah, by these companies could actually incorporate individuals' data. Okay. Um, and um, LinkedIn is like social aspect and plus the qualification aspect. So social aspect as in like how, uh, what kind of content they're sharing, what kind of interests that they have. So, uh, you know, HR managers can probably assess the uh, this person's uh, personal and professional interest because mm-hmm. by measuring what kind of the content, what topics of like uh, what topics that they are interacting in yep. on social media, and then also qualification <coughs> wise, um, these qualifications data are actually linked to the blockchain the database, which is also linked to the uh, original the uh, education organizations that actually mm-hmm. has given given the certificates to the individuals. If that system is possible, then uh, you can actually have both the social data okay. of the career and then this, uh, is it like hard data? It's more the hard data as in the certificates in this thing, right? So <coughs> Yeah, it can be like that. So it can be in so that, this it can be data, in that form. Yeah. This both data can be stored in the blockchain and then whenever this uh, HR manager mm-hmm. wants to see it, then... <coughs> Sorry. Let me take okay. my <laughs> So okay, so whenever the ma- the HR manager wants to see, it, they can access it. Yeah, whenever okay. HR managers want to see, it, then they can access it. But I think this individual's data set can be not only to the HR HR um, managers. They can also use it for their um, promotion opportunities within the organizations mm-hmm. and so on. Yes, but to that ex- to that uh, to that point, I'm not sure if that's. Uh, that's more the data monetization part is mm-hmm. has a has a strong value in it or not? I'm not too sure. I'm not even thinking about monetization as much as privacy. Mm. It's more sharing with who you want the, that data to be shared because right now it's not secured anywhere. It belongs both to the company that did the assessment and to the company that is employing you or wants to employ you um, and you don't get mostly anything back because in the world of HR and in the world of psychologists and I'm a psychologist and I don't believe this is actually correct what we are doing we believe that if you take an intelligence test you are not qualified to read your intelligence test so a psychologist needs to read it to you and you are not allowed to have the raw data Right, it's like you'd get a DNA report, but you don't get uh, the actual raw genes and the, the mapping, but you only get an interpretation of them, which might change. Or yeah, so we somehow this is historically has always been like this. Uh, we don't allow even hiring managers to look at this data. It's only believed that very certified people, psychologists, can look at the data, read it, and then you as an individual don't get anything back. So it's assumed from the very beginning that you will not be able to understand it. There's no education done, nothing. It's just you will not be able to get it. So 
why share it with you? So therefore, there is lack of feedback. There is, from an HR perspective and from a company perspective, a fear that if you share this data with the individual who, who takes the test, then they might sue you in court if they really understand what's there and how you made your decision. So there are all sorts of aspects, but I believe this fear is because we didn't educate people on how to read personality assessments, how to think about their personality, how to think about their, their uh, intelligence, how to differentiate be between one and another. And it's afterwards, it's very, very hard because this is linked to development. It's very, very hard to actually tell them now you develop, you grow from here, right? So who am I? How, what do you see in me? What do I need to develop? I can't talk to you face to face about what's in there, but I expect you to grow. So it's, so yes, HR processes are wrong here. I think education from a psychology perspective is wrong because I, I think individuals can understand their data if you sit and make the right education and, and, and explain it to them. It's not good or bad, it's who you are and then you can grow from there, right? Um, and there's this privacy issue at the same time. Can I ask a question? Yes. What is the main reason that HR uh, uh, department is not willing to share their assessment data to the uh, individuals? First, because they were educated as well as I was, as a psychologist, that it shouldn't be shared with individuals directly because individuals would not understand it. They are not qualified to understand it. Which I think it's not really they can't be educated on how to understand it. So that's mostly the reason why. And also because sometimes decisions that are being made are, you have someone who is, uh, IQ is believed to be, and research says that is the best predictor of performance, right? So you, I, I might have a 120 score, you might have 121, uh, I get the job, you don't, but that's because they liked my personality more. And so it's, it can be very objective and subjective at the same time. So the, the, especially in the US, Europe doesn't have these issues. I'm not sure about Asia, uh, but especially in the US, they can go to, to court very easily. But that doesn't stop them from taking the assessments or for, for making the ind individuals take the assessments, right? So they still take the assessments, but they don't give them any kind of feedback and the data doesn't belong to the individual. And then in the current time, is there uh, any movement or the conversations around the hair chair industry, Zero. Would, they, would they want to open it, or open it up or not? Zero. It's more not my frustration because people don't. I do a lot and I did a lot of executive search. And uh, at that level, I believe there's, there's no question mark. Hey, can that person understand their personality or IQ data? I don't. I, I think it's a stupid question. I think they got to the right level so they can understand it. And then as a recruiter, I never get, got the okay from the company, from the legal department and from the HR department to actually explain it to them, right? And sit down and take the time to do it. I, it it's always usually said, no, you're not allowed. Just tell them that you found someone better. It doesn't help the individual, doesn't help the company, doesn't do anything good for anyone. So it's more of my own frustration. And I think this should be open. You cannot expect people to know themselves and to grow if you don't give them the data so they understand who they are. But you are using that data for making decisions on them. So 
it's a bit maybe of my own frustration. <laughs> I see. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. I, I get better understanding yeah. now. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I really HR hope in the industry works. Yeah. So um uh yeah, when I so I'm trying to apply this blockchain use in this HR industry mm -hmm. also based on your frustrations. Um, but first thing I wanted to talk about is that actually from the HR manager's point of view, uh, from the for the from the corporate's point of view, um, so there are some like as you said there are some assessment tests mm -hmm. and also there are some you know the quality data by in-person interviews and so on. I think either interviews being recorded and then this audio data can be put into blockchain mm -hmm. and the assessment test data is very easy to. Yeah. Like to be stored in the blockchain, and when you uh, after you store these individuals' data in the blockchain, then after that, uh, I mean, you can also apply the AI technology mm -hmm. to analyze. Uh, you can compare after uh, uh, out of these uh, successful candidates once they join the company, then every year they will have yearly assessment evaluation, yeah. and then from you can actually see the performances, and then you can compare this performance data with the initial assessment data, then you can actually see whether your decision was has been made better, made correctly or not. Yes. Right? Although there are some like other uh, environmental environment issues and also the economical changes issue and also there may be individuals, personal family, mm -hmm. family uh, matters as well. So there will be some certain things that you cannot really put into the database, but still it can give you it can give the HR managers a little bit of basic information. And then that's good still with the blockchain database because uh, it, it will simplify, as we talked about mm -hmm. in the beginning, we can simplify the uh, AI analysis part with, if you utilize blockchain. Mm -hmm. But that is for the solution for enterprise, like B2B <laughs> solutions. When you, when you bring it down to individual's level, um, Having the, uh, I'm not sure, but mm -hmm. uh, as you mentioned that it's an industry that are not willing to open this data to the individuals, right? So there's a big, one big challenge is that uh, not only HR, but all the industries facing now uh, when it comes to applying and innovating mm -hmm. through the blockchain database is because it's not because technology is not ready. Technology is ready. You can have, you can choose either you want to use the public blockchain or private mm -hmm. blockchain, and blockchain technologies more applicable for the businesses the enterprises uses are ready. They are already out there. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I speak to the people in the industries, it's all about the um, business level of challenges. Whether are you are you ready to open open up your uh, your database with other other partners? Uh, because a lot of at this point in time, data, this data is actually very critical and mm -hmm. critical point of the businesses uh, uh, businesses to be scale to be scaling there uh, in any kind of market. Mm. But as I said earlier, if you um, uh, I don't have a backup data yet, mm -hmm. so but I believe that. Uh, um, as you share your own database with other people, it means that you also have access to others' database mm -hmm. so that you, the level of reach and the level of knowledge you can have will be 
can be enormous actually. So in the in the long term, uh, opening up your database with other you know of mm -hmm. course trusted partners and blockchain is actually helping you to uh, even if you're not trusting enough, it's actually has some certain methodology to help you to remove out the distrust part of the the critical critical point of the business. Mm, so in the long term, has this blockchainized database has a really strong value. Uh, but again, back to this HR industry, it's a, our human mindset is not ready to have uh, to innovate the industry applying this and using the blockchain's advantages. Yes, I, I think it will still take some years to do that. I believe at least, so. At least, at least in HR, because we're just slowly moving to e towards ERPs, right? To systems where we can see data for, 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 for our employees, right? And then it's still a hard move from Excel files to, this, to, the, to systems that actually can capture everything, where you can have AI and analysis and all of that, some business intelligence. So moving towards blockchain and this, I think, yeah, there will be quite, uh, it will take some time to get that move. Do you mean the current HR database are still in the Excel file basis, not, not business intelligence basis? A lot of the companies, especially the, the old ones, they are just slowly moving towards business intelligence rather than Excel. And it's a, it's a very, very tricky move because first people don't understand what quality data means. And I mean, it's sometimes even hard to get them to write the, the date, right? In a certain format. So then even an Excel file can do a calculation and, and, and do a minus, right? And, and whatever, or a plus and add days or something. And it's very hard because you have the US format, you have the Asian format, you have all different types of formats, or they just write their own format, which is not recognized by Excel. And even at that level in Excel, it's hard to do it. I mean, HR is mostly a people-oriented business, so they've never been technical. So yes, there is this... Uh, there is this issue. <laughs> I think we just created a new business model. Yeah. Yeah. And if the blockchain, the business intelligence platform can actually have already blockchain function behind it mm -hmm. for their database management. So blockchain enabled business intelligence for HR yeah. management. I think let's do that. <laughs> we can make the new, new business yes. out of that. <laughs> I think there's still about... A, a, about 20% of the companies have moved to business intelligence of the big ones, right? Uh, but then still about 40% are lagging, lagging behind. Either they don't, they don't have anything or they have, they're just moving towards a system and towards a standardized system. Yes, yeah, so I think um, the manual process and uh, I think in the past 10 years was like digitization, mm -hmm. digi digitization yeah. period of time. And now it's uh, like, transparent database management, mm -hmm. which blockchain is one of the options. Yep. Um, and I feel that uh, in the next 10, in the next uh, 10 years, like one decade, probably some companies and some industries might actually bypass the mm -hmm. digitization and then they just uh, combine the blockchainized database when they are digitizing their databases. Yep. So I think that can happen in some industries. That would be that would yeah. be interesting to see, and maybe yeah. it moves faster than uh, than it is moving now. So, if someone is new, uh, just graduating, right, uh, and they didn't graduate, they graduated tech or whatever, how can they get into blockchain? 
how can they get in this new future-oriented business? Mm. I think getting into the blockchain, it's, uh, it's, as I said earlier, it's not, it's, it's, it's very easy. You mm -hmm. just, uh, find some, uh, blockchain startups can be a, one of the easiest option and, a lot of enterprises has a blockchain specific department or a team. If they're in, if you're interested in this blockchain technology in particular, yeah, you can find the companies mm -hmm. who has the blockchain divisions or blockchain team or who's doing any kind of work related to blockchain because there are a lot of reports done and then this report has the, the company's name and the who was actually right of the reports. Like the big consulting firms like Accenture, Deloitte, they produce us a lot of reports and then when you look at the end of the report, you can always see their name and even sometimes they have their email address. Mm -hmm. So you can write to them. I mean, if you're interested in blockchain, and uh, instead of just applying for the company, I would suggest to them, just write to them. And mm -hmm. then and then you're interested in blockchain, you want to do start developing your career. And since you have re read their reports, like this particular, maybe you can summarize the report a little bit. Then, yeah, it's one way to step into blockchain. And to show your interest. Yeah, yeah. And how about someone, because we're talking about reskilling people, right? A lot of the industries are going away um, would someone working in I don't know the, as a driver or as a cashier or um, legal so in, in all of the professions that seem to be going away due to technology would they be able to reskill and get into blockchain or and what would they how would they need to start where can they start mm, yeah if you are uh, you had some professional or part-time cashier mm -hmm. experience, it means that you're good in calculating the numbers mm, and maybe organizing some, you know, mm -hmm. information because you have to organize all the papers and those things. Yeah, this can be, mm, I don't know, just something yeah. popped in my mind is that this can be helpful for some startups who mm -hmm. need the administrators. Because every startup needs like a very good organized person who can help them to admin this, mm -hmm. you know, their uh, little bit of operations and also managing some daily basis tasks. And then, uh, yeah, we can start from there. And then once since you're in the blockchain company, you know, like you can hear and you can learn about and you can interact with the people who's expertise in blockchain so that you can learn it. And if the person is really driven and interested in, then... Maybe you can also at the same time working as a domain manager for mm -hmm. the company. At the same time, you can maybe take some courses. There are a lot of online courses. Like even now, I am doing the AI course from Oxford University. Mm -hmm. It's like six weeks course, and then you get a certificate. Uh, yeah. So and MIT and all these like, you know prestigious universities are opening up their education content to everyone now. So using all these you know opportunities and then take it and then. You can study at home. You don't have to go to some city and overseas, so on. So, uh, this, uh, and then you can take, you can acquire the new mm -hmm. skill set. Then, since you're in the company, and of course you need to work hard to show show that your capabilities. And then, mm -hmm. hey, now I have, I now I know this blockchain technology. Now I have a better <laughs> understanding. So, can I join as a maybe product manager mm -hmm. or something like that? So, yeah, there's always a way that it's about 
opening up uh, and unlimiting, unlocking your capabilities, mm-hmm. and then just just shifting your mindset to uh, to have a like can do can do attitude. I think then it doesn't matter whether they were cashier before or not. True. So that that's extremely important. Yeah. Do you have a um, course online which you would recommend for blockchain for for people who just start? Yeah, Knowledge Stack by Mflip. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So where can they can people find it? Mm, it's uh, just you can go to knowledge.mflip.com. Okay. Yeah. So that's the first round of uh, Knowledge Stack program is now live. Uh, yeah. And you don't have to be a programmer necessarily to do that. Or? No. So the I believe there are a lot of uh, very technical online programs teaching blockchains. And also many other universities are doing that. Um, That's why uh, my focus is actually those who's not entirely technical, but who wants to learn about blockchain and how this technology system works. So uh, once and also industry use cases as a food for thoughts. So... Mm -hmm. Since they know the conceptually how it works, then and also we also cover a lot of history, like how this blockchain system has been started. And once you know the philosophical aspect and concept of the blockchain technology, then there's a, and then after that, if you're a programmer, then you can go and take the very technical mm-hmm. courses. But our focus is more for educating people, mm-hmm. like people who who's not entirely, it doesn't have to be very technical. Yeah. Okay, and uh, if they want mentoring, then they go to She Blockchainers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're starting the program in uh, 2021 or th- this year in 2020? So mentorship program, yes. we just literally just announced like a few days ago. Uh, so the program will run in 2020 from July to December. Yeah, in Singapore. In Singapore. So now it's Singapore, but maybe globally. Yeah, but we are still thinking uh, since a lot of actually good, talented mentors are um, like, you know, out there. Um, Menti-wise, we will focus on Singapore. Um, we will try to get students from uh, the uh, NUS and NTU and SM, SMU mm-hmm. and some like universities in Singapore. Uh, but mentor-wise, I think we can it's open global. up for like some online mentors and so on. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Did I forget to ask you something about blockchain and blockchain in the future? Is there something that maybe you wanted to say and I didn't ask? Um, since it's a skills for Mars, mm-hmm. uh, actually, I wanted to ask you, <laughs> <laughs> what do you see that since now you learn about blockchain as well? Like, mm-hmm. What do you see that this, how this blockchain go to the, can go to the Mars? So first, it would be nice for traceability, right? Uh, So that you can understand what's happening and really collect data and analyze data in the best way possible. So you can make the right decisions rather than still guesswork. So I think prediction-wise, it should help us quite a lot, right? Even from from day-to-day interactions with people and how discussions work and how teams are built i think it's going to be extremely stressful so collecting all the data because i imagine i've seen this in a movie but i think that's a good idea recording everything that's happening and then analyzing all this data and making sure you have clear analysis that would be that would be extremely nice and then all the, how the systems work 
mechanical wise, electrical wise, and and everything. I think that uh, that should be also nice. And and then going to Mars, all the team that is preparing things on Earth. That also should be somehow traced and 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 uh, yeah used as a database for further missions. Maybe there's something more. I never thought of it. It's a good question. So one thing that uh, there's this blockchain startup named Space Chain. Okay. They just did a project with SpaceX. Okay. So they put the uh, blockchain one of the blockchain masternode. Uh -huh. So masternode is a physical actually chip that okay. contains some sort of the data. So they put this masternode into the uh, satellite and then they shoot it to the uh, to to the space. Okay. So it, I, it didn't go to Mars. But there is this uh, blockchain node is like in the in the orbit. Okay, <laughs> I think I thought that's really cool. And they did a collaboration project with NASA and SpaceX. Okay, just I think two weeks ago they just they just announced oh, I look it. it up. So yeah, that's an interesting uh, use of the blockchain. But I think it was more of a test pilot. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we'll see how this thing actually can really. Make the bring the values to our data, our database. How but how do you see it used if we're going to Mars? Um, to the Mars, mm. oh yeah, you can securely store the Bitcoin in if you stay <laughs> if you put it in a Mars. <laughs> 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 so it will be very difficult to steal that uh, that Bitcoin storage in Mars, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that can be a very good uh, Bitcoin or any kind of cryptocurrency custodian solution. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you. I'm kidding. Yeah. So just as a final notice, uh, I think one thing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, getting into not only the blockchain, but any kind of technology industry it's actually, it's not very difficult. And I hope that people don't really think that, you know, start working in the technology industry that you need to have like engineering uh, bachelors or something. Mm -hmm. I have, but uh, still it doesn't limit myself to uh, learn some other, you know, new kind of new kind of information, mm -hmm. right? So, um, so yeah, blockchain is actually fairly easy to understand. So it's just a matter of whether you're interested in this or not. And uh, yeah, second part is I hope that industry-wise that people can open up and then I hope that people see more value of blockchain. And uh, yeah, I think that when the event industry, uh, the business environment is actually more, more and more going to be trying to be more transparent and open. Mm -hmm. And eventually that I hope that blockchain can be uh, bring the benefits to the businesses. Yeah, we are slowly getting into this world where everything will be transparent. Yeah. Now we're still resisting that change, but uh, at some point, uh, that seems to be the future. Yeah, but important thing is technology is a technology. Mm -hmm. Technology cannot uh, compete over humans. Mm -hmm. And because we build the technology, right? So it's uh, how we are going to use technology is up to us. True. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, we will use it for the good and for growth. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Yuri, thank you very, very, very much for your time. You're welcome. And uh, have a nice uh, move in Europe. Yes. <laughs> and uh, hope to see you in, uh, in Europe while you're there. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for coming today. Thank you so much Thanks. for having me. <laughs> it was really nice talking to you. <laughs>